hey, Brandy, have you ever met someone like for a, a date or just whatever, and they've somehow like misled you and they've not been who they implied that they were? Yep. <laughs> Go on. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I've, I bet I've had it work both ways. I've had it where we've met and, and they've wanted something not serious and then they've ended up figuring out that no, they wanted something more serious or those that have said that they don't want something serious or, or they do want something serious and then they end up not, they want something more casual. Um, mm. Yes, that, that does happen. And, and either way, I guess it's annoying because it's not what you're expecting. Annoying is to say the least. Correct. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's taxing on my own energy and time that I've given them to then learn yeah. that the way that they, they've had originally portrayed themselves or what they had wanted is not what they actually want. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've, I've had a bunch of people ask me about this, you know, like if I'm teaching or something like that, that I'll get the, the question about like, okay, so you're teaching about how to connect with people, but how do you basically flush out and find out who is not authentic, who, who is not coming in, who's being misleading, whether it's on purpose or not, you know? And so, um, it, it's a huge time waste is what it comes out. It's mm -hmm. like, just like you said, time and energy, and it doesn't help anybody when you go through that, but it just sucks to feel like I've invested in you mm -hmm. and you're not who, yeah. who you said you were. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so what's worse, even than like the time and energy is like, I think the emotional and the mental energy that you've put into this person, you know, and then found like, oh, like it, it doesn't work. It doesn't go anywhere. And put I on just makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so today Brandy and I are here to help you figure out how you can identify inauthentic people so that you don't waste your time and your energy and your emotions on them. But also, like, if you come across, like, a trait, something that we say, and you're like, hey, wait a minute, like, I, I think that's, I'm a little bit like that, you know, like, I'm accidentally inauthentic in that particular way. Well, if you hear that, you can benefit because, like, once you kind of identify, like, some of the ways maybe that you are accidentally inauthentic, then you can, like, learn about that and ask yourself, like, why, you know, why am I being like that? You know, what what do I need to actually be doing to portray my my actual accurate, authentic self in, in a better way. So even though we're going to like specifically speak about like, you know, identifying inauthentic people, the flip side is like, if you identify like, oh, there's some of these traits in you as well, like that, I'm going to say in a lot of ways is very normal and natural. Mm -hmm. And if you can flush those out, that's going to make you that much more attractive. Yeah. Hello. I'm Steven, and welcome to Ethical Seduction. As a sex-positive educator and volunteer serving our local Nashville Kinky Community Center, I noticed that some people were struggling to attract the types of people they desired. So I started Ethical Seduction as a way to help others create authentic connections with whomever they chose. Flirting and seduction skills matter. They can transform your life, and they can benefit everybody around you. Ethical Seduction is here to help you live the life that you want with the people you want. So thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Steven. And today I'm here with my fellow sexy, kinky, fun, sex and relationship educator, Brandy. Hi. <laughs> that's, that's your new intro. <laughs> I'm a woo girl. Didn't we know? Yeah, woo girl. Uh-huh. 
So you've you've had the inauthentic experience. It sounds like not just once, not just twice, but like multiple times. Yeah. It's just part so, it's just part of the dating world, I think. Uh, it just can't it just is. Well, I'm going to guess and I, I I'm not positive. I think that you as a woman, as a female, mm-hmm. probably run into it more than like I think it's my guess is it's probably more dudes. You know, I, I, I can't think of meeting a whole lot of people where it's like not where they've been to, just totally not who they said they were. I have had it where people have, I've met people and been like, I can't have like a real serious relationship with you. Like, like I'm not able to do that. Right. I'm like, mm-hmm. no offense. I'm like, I'm just not at a place right now where I can do that. I've got other priorities and this and that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if that's what you want and they will say, that's totally fine. And then their actions do the total opposite, you know, and they, yeah. and they want more. And, but I will say too, like I figure that experience that I'm having, it's like those people are not necessarily lie, like lying or trying to trick me. It's more like, you know, you want what you want. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when you hear the sort of the bad news of like, no, I, you know, I can't, you date you romantically, you can say, okay, and that that's fine, you know, and you can like settle for less, but in the back of your head, it's like, you still want what you want. And so there's that part of like, what, what ended up happening in those experiences there was the person was not coming to me in the direct manner saying like, I want the relationship anyway, because I've already turned them down. But it was more like the indirect, you know, and some of it was hilarious. It was like, I understand there was a period of time where I'm like, I'm not gonna have sex with anybody. Like we can mess around, we can, you know, play, we can do scenes, things like that, but not not have sex. And people be like, Oh, I totally understand that. That makes total complete sense. And I support you with that. And if you ever needed like a fuck buddy, I would be very happy to have and I'm sitting there going, like, I just said. I just said no, and I and that happened multiple times. And I'm going, like, what is are my words not working? You know, and right. that's where I realized like people still want what they want. And, but it was just, it was they still, yeah, they still wanted you to know that they were interested if there ever so. was a time when that was an option for you. That's what that right. was. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a little bit more convincing going on. They were, they were yeah. convincing me like, I hear you and this is still okay. Right. And it just, but in the end, it's like, that wasn't, I, I was like, there's nothing really wrong. I don't feel like they're crossing boundaries. It was more of them just really expressing what they wanted. And I had to be kind of firm, I guess, at the time it, it with, with my nose, you know? Yeah. Um, but your experience, it sounds like is different, right? You're getting misled purposely. Yeah. I mean, I've, it's more so in my world, the, um, they say that, that they're looking for a quote unquote relationship and really they're not, they're just looking for, for a casual situation. And that is fine, but that is not the the perception that's given. And so, you know, I can only meet someone where I know they're at. And so I, I trust them to be honest and true in that um, and not deceptive. And so there's a difference in not knowing maybe what you want or ho- or maybe thinking, oh, I can't have sex with Stephen, so I'm okay with that and trying to be like, you know, that, that's that's fine. But then to just be deceptive is a different level. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's what can happen in my world more than anything. Mm-hmm. So we, we're going to run through, uh, like I've got some examples here of, of, thing, of ways to kind of like what to look for for inauthentic people, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. traits that, that can, you can help spot, okay? But 
what I was with you, just listening to you talk right there, you know, you're talking about like, oh, people present that they want to have a romantic relationship with you, you know, date you, that kind of thing, but they really don't. And what the funny thing is, like, what I know about you is like, you would be totally up for considering mm-hmm. the casual type thing mm-hmm. if the person checks out and is good. Absolutely. So if they present, yeah. So if they just presented to you, authentically and what they and ask for what they want like our last episode ask for what they want in an authentic way then you would probably be like yes i'm taking my clothes off right now let's do this you know like yeah. you'd be open for things yeah, yeah. i just need yeah. all i mean I, I think bare minimum is just honesty um with what with what you want and i can work with that or i can't but but we will then yeah. communicate where i can meet you on that level or or, or compromise or what we can do but yeah, the deception yeah. is is a hard stop. That's that's gonna and I and I think the deception is just because like the person is nervous. You know, they're they're not sure how to ask for this the right way, so they're sort of like leading with what they think mm-hmm. you want to hear. Mm-hmm. And of course, the the interesting thing is like that backfires. No, I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real honest. Here's what it is. I think for for most people, and this is totally valid and fine. They are horny and they want to get laid. That is fine no, no judgment here, but be honest about it to go into this, trying to, to act like you are listening to what I'm saying and being present and that you care and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, just say you just want to get late. Like I can, I just need honest information to work with. And so when you're trying to be something you're not with the hopes that that will eventually get what you, what you want, that is where, the you're you're doing the opposite of establishing trust and safety and i feel Mm -hmm. like you're probably not that's not the best way to get what you want Mm -hmm. okay let's do a really quick side topic for everybody Mm. this is steve's how to have a one night stand okay so brandy you tell me if you disagree with this at all okay but here the the steve approach to how how to ask for a one night stand okay is that you're going to like approach the person and and talk about things and have that connecting thing and all that kind of you know all the normal stuff that we do which is like you're going to talk about say you're well you're going to establish the safety and trust just if you haven't if you want go back and listen to our last episode on uh ethical seduction number 82 where we talked about how to get what you want how to ask for what you want this mm-hmm. that applies for this but um yeah so it, you meet somebody right and you're and that interaction, you realize like, yeah, I don't really want to see this person like long term for a romantic relationship or, you know, something like that. But you're like, but if you're clicking and you're feeling like, yeah, I like internally, I would like to sleep with this person and have that one night stand. Then you basically ask for it. You know, is in that conversation, you come out to if you've built that foundation of being trustworthy, you know, then you can ask for that that um that one night stand and if the person knows up front what they're getting Mm -hmm. and you're not going to criticize them and you're not going to judge them because they slept with you one time you know you don't do Mm -hmm. slut shaming or anything like that right Mm -hmm. if you make it safe and easy Mm -hmm. for them to say yes and you have been presented yourself as trustworthy and respectful boundaries then it makes it really easy for the person to say yes i would like to have that that one night stand with Mm -hmm. you so brandy that is my technique how, what what are your thoughts on that? Would you be tempted to say yes if you liked? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that is all under the assumption that because a lot of people will meet on your dating apps now and they'll have the conversation before they meet, but it's just be honest from the beginning, right? Like 
don't tell me through a dating app in a text message that you want this and then me learn when we meet that you actually don't. Um, so yeah, just be honest from the beginning is what I'm getting at, whether you're meeting them in person or you're, you're chatting um, online or through an app or something. Yeah. So people, this is funny. This is me being naive. So people are talking on dating apps, right? And they're like, yeah, let's get together and sleep together. And they haven't even met. Yeah, you'll, yeah, you can make, you can, no, I can be like, um, I'm free all evening. Um, or I can be like, yeah, I can meet you for a couple hours. So you already know going into the meeting, you've, you've, you've capped it on the time or you've left it open. And so that, that leaves opportunity. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It comes up in conversation in a, in a way, like if, if you're on there and you're, you're saying I'm interested in, um, you know, a long-term relationship and then we match and I'm like, oh, well, you can tell if they maybe really are, if they're just saying that because they think that will get them further. Mm -hmm. But your way is totally, totally valid and, and fine as well. My, my way is just like, for me personally, it's like, I, I'm just not going to be with people unless I really like them. Like I've, like I need to feel that, 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 you know, and so that often means like, I need to hang out with you a little bit. And it's like, yes, I could go get laid. I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's not that hard. That's not the right thing, but it's like, but that's not valuable to me anymore. You know, it's, it's kind of like, no, I want to like have something because I like the person I'm with. Right. And not to just go get off. And so just to like have a dating app and for, it's just not my style. It's not yeah. what I want to do. You know? That's fine. So, I, I think but it is, I agree with you. If, if, yeah, everybody's at different places. Right. And that is just me being me. And, you know, that's, that doesn't mean it's, it's right. You know, a lot of people are like, like you said before, Brandy, in like the last episode we did, you were like, you know, just having fun is an important, is an important thing to do, you know? And, and that's, it's kind of self-care and it is like, even if you're having one night stand, there is connection. And mm -hmm. I have played with people, not necessarily had sex with them, but I've played with people one time and mm -hmm. had that connection and left feeling great, you know, yep. and I love it. Yep. And it's perfectly okay to have that one connection and then never have it again with that person. It can stay yeah. in that where it ended. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Let's talk some about how you identify like the traits that, that people can display. Okay. So uh, I'm just going to sort of list some of these and then we can like talk about them and delve into them more because again, it's not just listing it. That's not enough. It's like, I want people to understand the, what the issue is with, with these. So first one I think is like just being cocky. You know, if somebody comes along and they're really cocky, doesn't that tend to strike you as, don't you tend to put your guard up? Like you don't totally trust the person. It's a, it's a turn off. Yeah. It's a turn off. So yeah. So why is it a turn off? Cause there's a difference in being confident and then cocky. Cause if you're cocky, I'm like, why do you feel that you have to portray yourself in this way? Yes. Yeah. I question yeah. it. I question it. Yeah. Yeah. So again, sometimes I want to talk about like dominance and confidence and how that all kind of goes together. And I feel like the cocky is, is not that, you know, it's not being comfortable with yourself and it is sort of compensating maybe isn't the right word, but it's like a little bit of like showing off and it's like, oh, it's like you're over faking it till you make it, right? Which mm -hmm. we talked about in the last episode, which is fine yeah. to, to fake it till you make it to a certain extent. But if you overdo it, then it's going to get into that realm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So again, if, if you find, and man, I could fall in this category, to be honest, like I could be just the way I am sometimes, especially when I kind of get excited about things, I could come across and I think I could portray at least of being cocky. And I do have pretty good confidence, I think about myself. But if you, like, if I find like, oh, that's something I, I do, you know, it doesn't, it's not necessarily a strike against me. It's more of like, okay, to stop and pause and be like, why do I act that way? What do I need to do to adjust it to where I'm able to present myself more authentically and better? You know, it's going to come across better. Can we take a moment to talk about when you just said, I, I, I consider my, me confident in myself? Yeah. I want to say, and I think when you said that, you don't necessarily mean, oh, I consider myself confident in that, like I'm attractive and um, I'm great to, to talk to and blah, blah, blah. I think you mean you consider yourself confident and when you are in situations, you know how you will deal with them well, whether that situation mm-hmm. is, is uh, when if you get rejected, you're confident in yourself that you will be able to handle, handle yourself well in those situations. Yes. Does that yes. make sense? And that's learned. It does. And that's, that is, that's a learned experience. Right. 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 Um, I will say too, like being comfortable with myself, like mm-hmm. especially in my twenties, I didn't realize it. I was not, we're going to talk about this in an upcoming episode, but like, um, I was not comfortable with myself, right? Not, and I wasn't really aware of that. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, like I never thought of myself as attractive, never until probably my mid forties. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was only then it, I still don't think of myself as like attractive, but it's like in my mid forties, I'm going like, there's nothing wrong with me. And that's mm-hmm. more of the way that I still tend to think of myself, right? There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with me. So, and it's just realizing like to think of myself as like not being attractive was accidentally incorrect. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, that was like my own self negative talk or whatever to myself that was not accurate of how people actually saw me. So that, when, when I realized that, then that was able to help me be like, okay, I can let go of some of that fear and just be more comfortable with myself. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but then what did you say, Brandy? Um, not just being comfortable with yourself, but. But confident when you're in interactions with people, how you will navigate and, 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 and deal with those. Like you're confident. If, yeah. if you go into it thinking you're going to get a yes and you get a no and you're blindsided, you're confident that you can you can see your way out of that conversation in a good, healthy way to where everyone involved is still comfortable. That's yeah. Yes. And that aspect that is definitely learned, you know, Mm -hmm. that was something, again, I did not necessarily have that in my Mm twenties. Um, I used to be fucking terrified about like asking girls out, like fucking terrified. Okay. And it was just, all it was was like that fear of rejection or whatever. And then I just somehow slowly got over it and I don't know how, but I do know I got to that point where I was like, this is not hard at all. But I think like you're saying, it's just becoming comfortable with like, it's becoming comfortable with the no and that no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay, you know, in that situation. And then once you kind of get to that point, then it, it, then it's easy. Yeah, It it really is. Cause, cause a no is you're like, okay, fine. You know, like, I understand. Yeah. And it's, and you get to a point where if they say no, you're almost in a way thankful that they've told you no sooner rather than later so that then you know how to focus your energy and time moving on. Yeah. 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 I think the biggest thing is not to internalize it. I think in my twenties, I was internalizing it more of like, if I get a no, it's a statement of who I am, you know, and, um, and again, just growth, like 
as I got older and, and you know, it's what, why we do the ethical seduction podcast is like, as you learn more about yourself, it's like, you can let go of some of those, some of those fears, you know, you'll find out like, you know, me thinking of myself as unattractive over time. I realized like, that's not true, you mm -hmm. know, but it mm -hmm. just, it took a, just took a long time. Yeah. So, so don't be cocky. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, another one is like attention seeking. Right. And this is, Again, I could possibly fall into this, you know, because I get around people and I can be a little flamboyant or like just run off that energy and things. Okay. Um, and so attention seeking is that you like tell you tell me about that, Brandy. Like, what is the why is attention seeking inauthentic? Because it can feel like you are being used. And what I mean by that is if you are around someone that is attention seeking usually they're extroverted and extroverts typically get their, their energy from interaction. Whereas, you know, introverts, mm -hmm. their, their battery gets drained by interactions. And so when they are attention seeking, you you can think, are they enjoying this interaction with me or is this filling up their attention seeking battery? And mm -hmm. so it, it, it the, the intention behind it can be questioned. Do you think of attention seeking as similar to being like people pleasing or would you consider those separate? Attention seeking, I feel like is more of a. Like, look at me, look at me, look at me more of a selfish need, which is, is fine. Ah. If you need versus trying to gain something from the interaction you're with, with the other person, you're trying to gain yeah. what you need. And, and at the cost, perhaps, of the other person. Okay, so so here's what's going on, I think, with attention-seeking, okay? Mm -hmm. where you saying selfishness, that's great, all right? So the problem with it being selfish, right, is I could be up there, let's say it's me, and I'm like, attention-seeking, hey, look at me, look how great I am, blah, 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 right? The problem there is I'm asking for your energy and your mm -hmm. input. I'm not necessarily giving anything to you. I'm taking, right? And mm -hmm. so that can then feel not so great to you mm -hmm. because I am requesting energy mm -hmm. instead of sort of like giving it to you. And so I think that's in that's my mind, perfect. that's yeah. probably the, that's probably the issue there is, is mm -hmm. like, I'm asking for stuff from you. I'm not necessarily contributing. Which can feel like you. you're being used in a way. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, let's talk about people pleasing, right? Mm -hmm. Because people pleasing to me is sort of like using that person. I think that's why that doesn't feel good. Do you agree with that? Like that that's, what, what feels icky? Because I think that's a good word. What feels icky about the people pleasing? It doesn't always feel icky if it's authentic to that person. Like if someone genuinely enjoys it and is it like manipulative about it, people pleasing can be a really healthy thing. Um, if anything, I can be like if, if I'm with a partner, I'm like, I know that they will get joy and satisfaction if I ask them to go to the kitchen to get me a snack because they're people pleasing. Right. So then it's more, you have to make sure whoever you're with can use the people pleasing aspect of your personality in a healthy way and not take advantage of it. So I don't necessarily see that as being inauthentic. I think it can just get, if it can be used in an unhealthy way or become a crutch. And then that can okay. be perceived as, Okay, are they wanting? Are they doing this because they enjoy it, or just yeah? You then you can question intentions. 
Okay. So I've got a good tip here. Okay. So one, one thing, so you made me think about this. There is a difference. I think, okay, there's two, there's, we'll say a good and a a bad version of the people pleasing Mm -hmm. the, the good version that I really want everybody to kind of remember this. Okay. Is that people want to help you. So if you ask somebody for help, right, we always think of that as like, a negative thing. Okay. But if you're asking somebody for help, you know, like, Hey, Brandy, can you go get me a drink? Right. Then that gives you the opportunity to help me. And when you help me and I'm thankful for it, you feel good. Right. So by me asking you to help me, mm-hmm. you end up feeling good about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, you did me a favor. I can feel good about it too. Right. Because mm-hmm. you went out of your way to go do me a favor. Okay. So if you're doing something like that, I, I'm going to say that's not the, ne- that's not the negative, bad kind of people pleasing, especially you in the role of going to get the drink. Right. You're doing it because it makes you feel good because you're helping mm-hmm. the other person. Right. The key thing there is everybody just please remember it's fine to ask people for things. It's fine to ask for favors. You don't want to do it in a bad manipulative kind of way but we don't ever think of like oh if i ask somebody for a favor they're gonna like me they they often do though because it makes them feel good like they've Mm -hmm. they've helped you you know and you're thankful the flip side i think people pleasing is where it is so say on that authentic side where you are um like Brandy, you might like a certain kind of music, right? And I'm like, oh, I love that too, right? And I'm sort of uh, catering to what you say, and it's not accurate to who I am. And if you find out that later, then it's like you f- you're going to feel tricked or used, or it kind of breaks down on that trust aspect. And that's where I think, like, I was using the word icky, is because I feel like that's the part where you're like, what is going on? Like, it just doesn't right. feel legit. Right. It's not legit. Right. And it's like, it, it can show that way. See, I interpret that as more of a person who's doing that type of behavior as um, fearful of confrontation. Like if I'm like, oh my gosh, my favorite music is Florence and the Machine. And you feel like you're not comfortable saying, actually, I listened to her and I didn't understand. Like I didn't I mean, that's cool. It's your thing, but I just couldn't get on board. Like if you don't feel comfortable saying that to me, then it can make you appear as a people pleaser. So it would be easier just to be like, oh, I listened to their first album. I loved them. There's, I'm not saying that they're being deceptive or Mm -hmm. manipulative. I think there is a reason for them doing it, but it is hard. Like, let's say if I found out later on, Stephen, that you didn't like something you said, I'd be like, why do you, why do you feel like you had to lie to me though? Then I'm going to be like, but I, f- I would have just felt, thought you wouldn't have lied because you would have trusted me enough to tell me the truth. Right. And it and that just spirals down. Yeah. 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 So the flip side there, okay, that is, is yeah, you have, so you're, you're, what you're talking about is establishing that, that trust and that, um, that authenticity. Yes. So the interesting thing there is if you tell somebody like, oh, I do not like them. You know, you would think that that would like be a negative, like you're not, it's not a connecting point. Like, or I hate running. Okay. (laughs) You like running. That is so weird because I hate it. Okay. That sounds like kind of negative, but what you're actually doing is you are establishing that trust and that authenticity about who you are. Me, me saying, I don't like that is going to help gain credibility. Mm-hmm. with you you know mm-hmm. you're gonna, so yeah so it's again it's kind of you don't necessarily think about it that on the front end but yeah saying sort of those you know not bad things but where you don't connect yeah 
helps build trust because it helps be like, okay, this person's comfortable telling me. Yeah. When you, where you verbalize, when you, where you don't connect is actually building connection. You don't have to, you don't have to agree on everything to build connection. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what I love about Mm -hmm. all this type of ethical seduction stuff, you know, is like, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense on the surface all the time. And you think about a little bit more, you're going like, ah, I get it. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to turn people down and then they'll like me. Oh, that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. So manipulation and judge being judgmental, like that kind of goes, they there's, they're different. Okay. But I feel like anytime somebody does something that, and you start to get that sense of their, they're pushing me, pushing is a good example of manipulation, right? Oh, they're pushing me to do this or pushing. I don't quite feel comfortable. You know, they're pushing about it. And then the same sort of thing, I guess, if you're judgmental, it's like you're, they're criticizing you, you know, in a certain way. And it's like, why are they, why, why do they feel like they need to, you know, put me in my place and be critical of me and put me down. And so I feel like usually when that happens, we were just ta- talking about like telling somebody no, like, oh, I don't re- I don't know anything about Florence and Machine and I hate mm-hmm. running. Like mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. authentic. But if you're doing it in a way, I think that is judgmental of the person. Yeah. Like you have a problem with Florence and Machine. Like, what is your problem with Florence and Machine? She sucks. Right. You know? Yeah. That's 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 going a step mm-hmm. further. And um, and it is, I feel like that's getting in manipulation. Well, you're and you're you're taking flag. Someone has told you something they like. And you are welcome to disagree with it, but then you don't have to tell them why they shouldn't like what they've just told you they like. Yeah. If I'm like, I love love running and you're like, oh, I hate running. It's so stupid. It would be better if you'd be like, oh, well, actually, you know, I used to run and I thought about it, but then I looked it up and it's actually really bad for your knees. And so I just don't run. I'll be like, okay, well, that makes sense why you don't like running, but. Mm-hmm. It's really cathartic for me, or whatever. So yeah, you can't judge. My answer is mm-hmm. suck at it, and it takes a lot of work. Yeah, no, it's not fun. Uh, yeah, if I were ever having to run from a bear, I'm just gonna be like, Mm-mm, I'm dying right here. Just, <laughs> just do it quick, please. You know. Okay. So another trait that I think is is fairly easy to spot, like you're having a conversation with somebody, right? And and all of a sudden there's like a lack of consistency. You know, that that to me is like red flag. You don't necessarily always know why, but you start to kind of it starts to wear on that on on that trust. You know, like something's not quite right. You know, and that can be a signal that there's incon what's the right word? congruence and so if somebody is incongruent they're not portraying themselves all the way that kind of gets into that inauthentic Mm -hmm. and i think the issue there is like it doesn't feel good like for us we're going like something's not right like the Mm -hmm. warning signs are going up right we don't necessarily know what it is but we're like something's not there and i feel like that starts to erode that trust right as soon as like i get that gut feeling I, I don't ignore it. I don't ignore it. Even if I can't explain it. I've had conversations yeah. with people being like, listen, I feel like something's off. I can't explain yeah. it. You, you can say, uh, you know, I don't think I, I, I don't, I can't tell you much more than that. I know, but all I know right now while I sit here is that something is off and I can sense it. Um, and then it, it, you're not even asking for them to validate it. You're asking them to consider it and be like, can I have some time to think about that? Right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, the gut feeling, once you get that, it is so hard to try to healthily talk yourself out of the gut feeling. Yeah. So let's talk about gut feelings for a second. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is my understanding of, of gut feelings, right? We have, we take information in and and we do that basically through our five senses, right? That's all we can do, right? So your five senses take information into your head and your brain starts to process it. So you might see something like a raised eyebrow or a certain expression on the person's face, right? And you're not consciously able to identify every little thing that your brain is like picking up, right? And your emotions very often, you can't process that, like all that information, right? So your emotions are this blend of like 1000 bits of information, right? And they come out and you're like, I have this feeling, you know, something's Mm -hmm. not right. I have this feeling, right? And that, so I think that's where like, yeah, you don't necessarily always know, you're not, your brain is not processing that the eyebrow went up, but you are picking up on it and it's giving you a feeling that something's not right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's my understanding of kind of like what those gut feelings are. Mm -hmm. So if you have them, you should definitely listen to them. You know, they, they're not necessarily going to, explain everything but it's like you're having them for a reason mm-hmm. and at the very least you should pay attention to them correct don't ignore them if you feel like you can't bring them up with the person that's different um mm-hmm. and a whole different topic but certainly do not ignore them or try to talk yourself out of mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. another trait to like look for like people that act perfect and we've talked about this in the past before okay so this this is almost like a defense mechanism, right? Especially like you're going out on a date with somebody, you want to make a good impression, so therefore you try to act perfect. And the problem here, as I understand it, okay, is like nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. So when you're acting that way, it doesn't, it's kind of like, it starts to send a red flag, like that you are protecting things. You're, you've got your shields up. You're not being authentic. You're not willing to show who you actually like really are and that's going to put the other person on guard you know they're going to be like uh which means if because i I've, I've used to do this it, it means that i am not in a position to to uh, to trust the other person to see me in a way that i feel like they might judge that has nothing yeah. sometimes that has nothing to do with the person themselves the other person that has to do with me um but yeah, I, I always, I, I don't negatively judge when someone's trying to act perfect. I, I feel like that is some type of coping mechanism or they're doing it for a reason. I don't interpret that as being inauthentic. I, I interpret yeah. it, if anything, as a warning sign and that they have some stuff going on to where they feel like they can't be themselves for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll share this. This, this was interesting to me and this is related about, but about being perfect. Right. So when I first started in the workforce uh, doing, doing architecture, it was like, there's so much to learn in architecture, right? There's just a ton. And when you start off, you get out of school and you like know nothing, (laughs) like literally you just, there's so much. And so you're, you're young and you're trying to make a good impression with people. and, And so you're trying to do everything just right, just like you're supposed to do. And then one day, and I might have been close to my 30s or something like that, and I realized, like, no, if you do, like, you're hired, money's interesting, too. Like, you're hired to do a job, you know, for a certain amount of money. So if you do your job, then, and you get paid, you get zero credit for it, right? It's an exchange, right? You get zero credit for it. And what was happening, though, is 
when something would go wrong on the project, and that could mean even when I messed up, okay? So if I messed up, right, I didn't get the drawings correct or something like that, right? And I messed up. And that would be like a scary moment, you know, like, uh oh, I'm not perfect. You know, they're paying me to do this thing, right? And so you would think of that as a negative thing. But what ends up happening is like, you have to have a problem. And when there's a problem there and the client, in this case, realizes like something's not right, there's a problem. And then you jump in and you take care of it. Taking care of it, then you're teaching them like, hey, I've got your back. I'm here to, you know, I'm going to take a good job. You can count on me. And you start building all that that trust, okay, between. So what I have found is like, if you have a, like a new client, you need to have things go wrong in order to start to make that connection with them. Otherwise, it's just like a monetary transaction and there's nothing between you all, you know, and they're going to go to another architect or whatever. It's when things go wrong and you take care of them that that's when they really start to kind of bond with you and know that like this person is looking out for me. If I, you know, they're going to make my headaches go away when there's a business problem. Well, the same thing is true with, with relationships, you know, and meeting mm -hmm. people and that, you know, we don't, love the perfect people we need to have some things go wrong in order to see how the person acts and how they're they treat so if you mess up that could be fine as long as you like try to do the right thing mm -hmm. you know then you're going to end up with like a win and the person's going to know that they can trust you and they like you and they can count on you and you're going to end up with the positive so and to, just to go back to the example with the music let's say steven you and i are talking and i say i love florence and the machine and you're like oh my gosh i love her too and then you stop and you're like, you know what, I'm going to actually, I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you, I actually, I don't, I've not listened to her enough to tell you if I like her or not. And I mm -hmm. told her, told you that I liked her because you seemed so enthusiastic about it. And I wanted to like her with you, right? Even if mm -hmm. you take a m minute to pause in the moment and admit where you might have been inauthentic, um, that can gain you that connection and the points that, that to get to, towards what you're wanting. And I'll be like, you know, that's fair. Thank you. Maybe I will listen to her music sometime, but I just can't see that going a negative way. Can I tell you a secret? Yeah, this is, this is an embarrassing secret. Um, okay. So speaking of, I used to be really fucking annoying about music, right? So you would say like, oh, I love Florence the Machine, right? I swear to God, this is, this is, this is oh. me, okay? And I would come in and I'd be like, well, let me tell you why jazz is better, right? Because like at the time I was like learning about jazz, right? And it's improv and it's, you know, oh, we're never going to play the song the same way twice. And how can you do that? Okay. And it's like, whatever, Florence the Machine. Okay. Whatever. Well, let me tell you what is better than that. It's jazz, right? Did not I did not ever see this as me being critical, mm -hmm. you know, or judgmental or whatever. And I look at it now and I'm like, it's so stupid. Why would I say that? Right. But I think like I, I did that. I did that a lot about music. Right. And, and then finally I had to, I just, I guess I eventually learned and I was like, Steve, just shut up, just shut up. And the, the reality is like, there are two different types of music and they're very different, you know, yeah. and what you get out of like the pleasure of the two is very different but at the time when i was like learning about the jazz oh my god i was annoying so i'm very i'm very embarrassed about that like very <laughs> embarrassed but that is a good example of yeah. like we we don't do everything right you know and it just yeah. took me a long time to, i could not see that as annoying in mm -hmm. myself well because you were probably trying 
maybe you were trying to relate because you were in the music world and you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't. But yeah, it's probably lack of confidence, right? It's probably mm -hmm. me being like, hey, I'm I'm not necessarily cool, but I'm smart. I listen to jazz. But I also guarantee you if 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 we had ever had a conversation like that and you're been like, no, jazz is better because of this. If I would have been open to listening to jazz, I'm not going to after that. I just wouldn't. I'd be like, right, right. right. You're you're turning me off like, to you. it. Yeah, you're turning yeah. me off to it more than making me interested to give it an open try. Right, and then everybody loses. Everyone Thanks, loses. Steve. Yep. <laughs> right. So yeah. So don't don't be like me. Don't be. Like me. <laughs> you you can be a good example, or you can be like me and be a horrible warning. Yeah, horrible, horrible. Don't, yeah. Don't don't be like Steve. Mm -hmm, so. mm -hmm. All right. So, so I think that's a pretty good summary. Okay. So let's talk about like, you know, why is all this important? Okay. The, the inauthentic thing, just, you need to be on guard and you want to protect yourself, right? That's what the people who are coming to me in the classes and asking these questions about like, you know, what, do, how do I, like, it's one thing to be like, how do I identify signs of people who are flirting with me and, and who like me, which we need to talk about that sometime. So that's one thing. But then I was getting caught off guard when people would be like, well, how do I know if somebody's being real? Like, and I need to like turn them away. Right. And that gets into this all in, in authenticity. So just, you do need to be on your guard for it and just mm -hmm. be aware of it and sort of look for it. And like the gut feeling thing, if you're mm -hmm. feeling that, that something's not right, trust it, you know, and then you can like, as time goes on, you know, it's a red flag, red flags are not, are not bad when there's a whole hillside of red flags. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. So yeah. I would say you just want to be aware that something doesn't quite seem right, you know, and just yeah, listen to listen to your gut there. Mm -hmm. And then I think too, you just you're trying to filter the people that you meet, right? So like the inauthenticity, like you're gonna like want to like filter out the people who you don't really trust, who are not being authentic, because you. If they're not, you really, you can't trust them as well as what you would like. And you're trying to so use that as a filter and you want to be around the people who are authentic. I do want to also say, I want to also mention, because I don't want this to come off as a, oh my gosh, so you mean if I mess up once that you're just going to write me off? No, like for myself, for example, I have the three date rule, right? Like even if I'm getting like a gut feeling or I feel like maybe the first time we didn't click, but there might still be something there. I'm not going to just write it off after the first time. I'm going to give it a, a little bit more time to see if it was first first meeting nerves or maybe I wasn't having my best day. You weren't having your best day and we just didn't link up. What is your three date rule? Um, I have a Oh, yeah. So I have a three date rule um, before I like get intimate with anyone. Oh, OK. So. But that also allows me the time to try to develop that connection. And even if I'm. You know, if if the first date we were really nervous or whatever, I'm I'm allowing for that, and to see okay. if we get more comfortable yeah. the next two times or something. Can I just say that we're like really horrible sluts because I'm over here going like, well, I have a policy at first of like, you know, like not fucking, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. you're over here going like, what kind of slut are you? You're like, well, you, I have to go out with you three times to make sure I, I, I mean, like we're just horrible, horrible. Uh, well, uh, well, I mean, once you get past those three dates with me, I can, you know, it, it, I would like to think it's worth the three dates, worth the wait. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I think. As it goes on, you just, you, as you learn yourself and, and learn what you need and want, you get more selective. And that's not right. to exclude anyone. That's just to use your time for what you know that you need and want. And 
So it might make it seem like you're more selective, but you're, you just know more about yourself. Well, real fast on this. Okay. Why did you start your three date role? Because you would have had an issue that would have caused you to be like, Hey, I'm going to do this. So why, what caused you to go do that? Because I was going on with two things. I was, I was still learning about myself. Um, and I noticed I was doing things where I was trying to convince myself of something and really mm -hmm. what it amounted to, but it was just, I didn't know the person enough, whether I really, really wanted something to happen. I just didn't know them enough. It also gave me more time to develop trust and connection. And if mm -hmm. someone was being inauthentic on the first date, by the third date, you're probably, it's going to be harder for you to keep that up. By the third day, I'm going to see more of you and in the way you interact, we're just going to have more situations come up um, mm -hmm. and I'm going to see how you handle yourself more. So I just get more time. Yeah. Okay. So be on guard, protect yourself, be aware, you know, maybe be like Brandy, have your three date rule. You hate and rules though. You can be like Steven and yeah, he hates rules. <laughs> And then the flip side is if, if you happen to, like, if you're like me and you're like, oh, I do all these things. Well, then hopefully that helps you identify, you know, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Because seriously, like the music thing, I had no idea that that why I was doing that until somebody didn't point it out. I don't remember how I learned. But then once I once I just learned, I was like, basically, I'm still like embarrassed about it. I'm like, oh, my Aww. God. But it's like until you know about it, you can't see it in yourself, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So if you find like some of these are areas that you can improve on, one, you're totally normal. Welcome to being a human being, mm -hmm. you know. But it, it can be really beneficial too to be like, okay, yeah, I don't need to act that way, you know, or, or mm -hmm. you know, what? why am I being that way? Yep. Like, wh again, why does this matter? Because it's not fun to waste your time and your energy on somebody who has purposely or or accidentally fooled you, you know, mm -hmm. and is not presenting themselves well. And so, well, and this is trying to set you up to have more positive experiences or at least identify experiences mm -hmm. that aren't what you want. So you can kind of end them sooner so that you mm -hmm. still have a net positive at the end. Right. Say that again. Like if I go on three dates and they're all, dates that I, I learned that they were being inauthentic and I'm going to be like, how can I make this experience better for myself? It's going to get old. It's going to get old to, to be around inauthentic people um, and given the time and energy. So if you can identify it, like the, the signs we went through and some of the behaviors, if you can identify those a little bit earlier, then hopefully you can be like, okay, that, that one wasn't the greatest, but I had these two that were really fun mm -hmm. and I learned something and had a connection. And that's because I learned to identify some of the inauthentic characteristics. Yeah. And I think you're saying too, it helps make you appreciate some of the people yeah. who, who you might've earlier kind of blown off. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, but no, after the experience, I'm like, no, I value them more. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I wanted to let everyone know that for a limited time, I'm letting people have a free attraction Kickstarter session with me. And so this will be a free online virtual session where I can help determine like what your most attractive traits and qualities are. Because once you know what it is that people like about you and why they like you and why they value you, then you're able to really put your best foot forward when you're meeting and flirting with them. And especially if it's people that you're attracted to. So right now, 
I'm offering this be for free because while I'm here to help you become more attractive, I'm also realizing like I'm going to learn a lot from talking with people and that's going to help benefit me. It's going to help benefit the show. So it's something I can offer right now for a limited time. So please, you know, don't, if you're interested, don't wait. If you'd like me to help you determine your most attractive traits so you can use them to meet people that you want, just go to ethicalseduction.com and request your free attraction Kickstarter call today. And if you like today's show, please remember to follow us so you get future episodes. And if you happen to listen on Apple Podcasts and want to leave us a rating or review, we would appreciate that a lot. What we hear back, the feedback that we get from you all helps shape these shows. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, FetLife, Reddit as Ethical Seduction. We're everywhere as Ethical Seduction. Nobody has ever thought to put those two words together, apparently. So, so Brandy, thanks a lot. Thanks for joining today. Thanks for going through all the in office. Yeah, this was a good episode. I enjoyed this topic. Well, and I liked asking you right at the beginning. Like I just knew you were gonna have you just were gonna have some story or some some yeah. version of that. So which I think is just so common, you know, which again that's that's important. So but yeah. But thanks and thank you everybody and remember to live the life that you want with the people that you want. Bye. Bye.